Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hey, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show Sean Hildebrand. Sean is the Senior Vice President at Urbanation. Sean, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. Great to chat with you again. Um, always love to hear your take on the market and things that are happening. Um, now you've recently put out your Q3 reports, uh, sales and rentals for the condo market in 2015. So why don't we start on the sales side and tell us like what are the, what are the top highlights from uh, the third quarter? What are you seeing in the market? Um, and where are we at sort of compared to last year? Sure. So um, out of the three condo markets that we track, so new, new condos, resale condos, and, um, and rental condos, um, resale and rental condo transactions were, were growing actually very fast. Um, on the resale side, um, activity was up about 15% year over year, um, and it was a record third quarter uh, for resale activity. Um, on the new condo sales side, um, activity was down about 13% in the third quarter year over year, but that was down from a pretty busy summer in, in 2014, and the levels were pretty much in line with um, third quarter averages over the past 10 years. So it, it was it was a pretty normal um, third quarter for new condo sales, but certainly um, you know not keeping pace with the with the with the level of activity um, in the resale market. Um, if you take a look at new condo sales volumes on sort of 12-month rolling basis, activity has really leveled out over the past year and a half or so. So we're trending at about a level of 20,000 units a year um, for new condo sales. And I think that's really a sustainable level. Um, if you take a look at uh, metrics such as household formation rates for the GTA, um, they've been averaging over the past 10 years something in the range of 30 to 35,000 households a year, and um, new low-rise absorptions are at or below 15,000 homes a year. So 20,000 seems to be an appropriate level, um, and it's it's one that is helping to promote a, a really a balanced market in the condo market, as and you can see how that's sort of diverging from what's happening in the single-family home market. But within the new condo market, um, you know, supply is, is comfortably balanced. Um, on the resale side, um, we're seeing prices grow at, at a moderate pace. Um, and then on the, on the rental side, um, vacancy rates are starting to edge up a bit and, and rent growth is starting to flatten out, which I don't think is a bad thing for affordability. So I, I, would, I would suggest that 20,000 units is actually a good level. And uh, in the end, provides kind of a bit of a, a sense of predictability for supply, for supply growth going forward. Since we've been at this 20,000 um, unit a year level over the past year and a half or so, it gives us uh, some knowledge looking forward that we know that construction volumes are going to remain at that level over the next few years because there is a lag, obviously, between pre-sales and construction starts. And that's going to help to keep the local economy strong. And then uh, ultimately, we know how supply growth is going to unravel in the coming years as well. So I, I think, you know, going through a period that we've gone through over the past few years where we've seen some ups and downs in the data, I think the fact that we're starting to see things level out um, is, is going to help us kind of set our expectations for where we see the market going forward over the next few years. So we're, Gary, we're coming to the end of 2015 here uh, at time of recording, end of November here. Um, what is 2015 looking like in terms of new condo sales? 
Um, was it better or worse than you were? I don't know. I can't remember your predictions or things from the beginning of this year, but better or worse than expected, in your opinion, 2015 for new condo sales? Uh, slightly better. Last year, at the end of last year, we were expecting around 18,500 sales for the year. Uh, I think we'll probably end up somewhere around 19 or 20,000 sales this year. So that's that's up up to obviously from from um, uh, from some of the lower points that we've seen in previous years, but it's it's down slightly from uh, from 2014. It's probably in ranking in sort of the third or fourth best year on record. So a very solid year uh, for new condo sales. Uh, and then on the resale side, it'll be a record year for sure. We'll we'll hit uh, we'll hit over 20,000 resale sale resale activity this year. Wow. Yeah. Everybody's a lot of people talking about the resale market. So. Um, I want to get your take on this, uh, the unsold inventory uh, question. There was a lot of noise in the media recently about this OECD uh, report or, or statement or something saying, you know, that there's great concern in Toronto because there's all these unsold units. And there was a similar thing uh, about five, six months ago as well. Um, what's going on with unsold inventory? Should we be concerned about it? Uh, what, what's your take on this? So I think most of the attention has been drawn to um, some data that's been released through CMHC that's showing that uh, the inventory of completed and, uh, and, and unabsorbed units has been rising. Um, you know, we, we track we track the, the market in, I think, a little bit more detail than, than CMHC does, and, and we're not seeing a rise to the same extent as they're reporting. Um, and in fact, the, the increase in inventory at completion has been exclusively uh, the result of just a higher volume of completions. <clears throat> the percentage of units that are that are pre-sold um, that are coming to completion has remained steady at around 95%. Um, and in fact, um, the total level of unsold inventory in projects that are occupying right now is, is still a very minute share of the market. So within projects that are in the occupancy phase right now, we're tracking less than 700 units that are unsold. So that, that, that really isn't much. If you add that into, say, um, the total number of condo rentals that are vacant right now, it would really only push the vacancy rate up from 1.8% to 2%. So it's really, it, it's, it's really immaterial. Um, a lot of these units will become absorbed in time. Uh, they've just recently come to completion, so there's still time uh, for buyers, obviously, to come into the units and tour them and, and then make their decision. Most of the inventory uh, that is unsold is actually in projects that have been standing for over a year or so. So in, in most cases, these units aren't really unabsorbed. They've been rented out by the developer. So the number is, is sort of artificially high. It's been driven up by the fact that we've seen more completions, but just because that number is high doesn't necessarily mean that they're available units. Right. And I guess another big factor to consider is, is the resale market is so hot. And so these buildings that are finishing that have unsold units, they're putting those units into a, a very hot and very busy resale market as well. Yeah, that's right. And and it's it's actually pretty surprising how strong the resale market is for condos right now. I don't think anybody, including myself, predicted that in an environment where condo completions are above 20,000 units a year, that you would actually see the resale market turning into a seller's market again. And that's exactly what we've been seeing. In the third quarter, resale prices for condos were up over 7% year over year. Um, the sales to listings ratio in a lot of downtown submarkets is, is rising very quickly. And um, you know that's 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 a reflection of the fact that demand is heated up, but also the reflection that 
most of the supply that, 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 that becomes finished in these new buildings has been entering the rental market as opposed to the resale market. And in fact, we've been seeing turnover um, of these new units going into the resale market declining actually quite steadily. A few years ago, when a new, when a new building would come to completion, we would see in the first year about 10% of the units uh, go up on the resale market. That share is, has declined to 2%. And that's been uh, offset by the fact that we've seen a huge increase in the share of units that are being um, uh, listed for rent. So over the past 12 months, the units that have come to completion, uh, just on the MLS system, one-third have been, have been added to the rental market. And that's a big jump even from just a year ago when it was a quarter. So if you, you know, factor in all of the other means of listing your unit for rent, you're probably looking at about half of all units that are coming to completion going straight into the rental market and very few actually becoming listed for resale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to definitely talk about the rental market uh, in a moment, but um, just sticking uh, with the new condo sales market in, in 2015, as we're getting to the end of the year and looking back on the year, um, just from my perspective on the ground, uh, you know, it was interesting. This is kind of an interesting year where some project, you know, a lot of new projects came out. Some projects did very, very well and sold out quickly. Um, others uh, did not, and others have, have struggled in terms of new projects coming onto the market. Um, what are you saying? What were the what were the sort of I don't know if you can talk, talk specifics, but what were the projects that you saw that were the really the biggest sellers of the year? Um, and in your opinion, like what, what is it there, or why did certain projects sell really well versus others have struggled in terms of new project launches this year? Yeah, it, it, this has really been, um, the fact that we've seen this dichotomy in the market where some projects will come out and do very well and, and, and some struggle has been really the reason why we've seen new condo prices remain flat over the last couple of years. So even though resale prices are growing very quickly, new condo prices are pretty much unchanged over the past year. And that's because of the competition that exists at pre-construction sales centers right now. Um, almost a third of all the units that have been launched in the past 12 months are still less than 50% sold. But there's also a very large share that are over 90% sold. So, you know, from what we're seeing, um, without, without getting into too many specifics, is that the projects that are doing exceptionally well um, are able to push pricing in their respective areas by being very well located, very well positioned, coming out at the market at an opportune time when there isn't a lot of surrounding competition. Um, whereas other projects that have struggled may not be as connected to transit, for instance, or perhaps are entering into a market where there's been a lot of launch activity recently and it's sort of saturated and, uh, and, and they've struggled to reach their absorption targets. So, you know, the large-scale uh, projects that have been released recently and, and driven towards investors have, for the most part, done quite well, but there are some um, that for one reason or another, and, and I think a lot of it is location, um, because in most cases they're very competitively priced, um, haven't, haven't done that well. Yeah, there's not, again, from, the, from my perspective on the ground, there's not a lot of froth in the market per se. There's not a lot of overpriced product out there. Um, most of it is very well priced. Um, but like you said, there seems to be this tale of two markets. It's a bit of a theme I've seen this year in 2015 where some projects are flying off the shelves and they tend to be the projects that are the best locations. Then you've got other projects that are great projects, good pricing, um, you know, everything seems to be there, but for, for whether it's location or whether it's timing, um, we have seen some projects, 
bit of a surprise that that have not uh, that have not done as well. Yeah, I, I think you know investors are, are pretty astute these days. They they recognize that um, you know where where the where the markets are hottest and where they offer the greatest potential. You know. For resale or, or for or for rental as well, you know what 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 the upside is after completion, and um, you know the, they realize that core markets are able to generate very high rents on a per, per square foot basis. Uh, the resale market is exceptionally tight, whereas perhaps in some other you know maybe periphery markets or suburban markets, it's 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 a tougher sell. Um, and uh, and and really, you know, it, it's been a migration into the core in terms of sales activity, really over the past couple of years. So yeah, maybe you could expand on that migration to the core because um, I've seen some numbers related to that as well. That it seems to be a greater and greater share of the overall market is coming from the downtown core. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. So you know, kind of backtracking to, to the to the market peak in sort of the 2010 to 2012 period. Um, activity started to spread out all across the GTA, and it was very easy to launch a project pretty much anywhere and have it sold out very quickly. It didn't really matter the location because the market was so hot at the time. Um, but that, when, when the market began to slow in 2000, the later part of 2012 and into 2013, it left quite a bit of a supply overhang in some of these suburban markets, and it's taken a long time for that inventory to become absorbed and for there actually to be um, a greater number of launches that are that are necessitated in these types of markets. However, in the, in the sort of the central core markets, the market has always remained very highly sold. The inventory was never really a problem. Um, in, in, in sort of the former city of Toronto boundaries, the percentage of all units that are in development right now are over 90% pre-sold, whereas if you look sort of in the 905 region, um, it, w- it would fall to sort of the 80-75% range, something like that. For pre-construction projects, it may even be in the 50-60% to 60% range. So, um, you know, in- investors and buyers in general just realize that um, uh, there's inventory out there to be absorbed, and developers have, have held back in-, in a lot of cases on launching new projects until that in- inventory has been has been brought down. Whereas, you know, in the downtown core, if you have the availability to launch a new project into the market, in most cases, it's going to do very well if it's if it's um, if it's launched at the right time uh, and at the right price. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that, like you said, there's this other story that's going on where you have uh, the resale market, the resale condo market, prices going up five, six, seven percent a year, as we've seen uh, this year. And the new condo prices relatively flat, as you said, at you know two, three percent a year kind of thing increasing. Um, when I look at that as an investor, I see a great opportunity to actually purchase into the pre-construction market where prices are relatively flat, knowing that uh, the resale market is increasing at a at a fast rate. Is that would you agree with that, or do you see, or see it from that pers- from my perspective? Yeah, definitely. I think that the the outlook for capital appreciation, as sort of signaled by gains that we're seeing in the resale market, is at its highest point that we've seen in four years. Uh, resale prices uh, on an annual basis were averaging two percent per year between 2012 and 2014, and now suddenly they're they're rising above five percent. So I, I think that definitely helps when you look at what's been happening in the rental market. I know we'll we'll, we'll talk about that, but rents have really remained flat um, over the past year and a half or so. And then there's obviously the possibility that that interest rates could begin moving higher next year, and that could have a dampening effect on on price growth as well. So 
the fact that we're, we're, we're seeing, um, in a lot of cases, uh, resale values for completed buildings, newer completed buildings above um, the price for pre-construction units, I think um, helps to provide some insulation um, for, for an investor that's looking to, uh, looking to get into the market today. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, let's shift gears and talk about the rental market. Um, again, your Q3 report, uh, you just released detailing what's happening in the rental market, but uh, and as we're heading to the end of 2015, what are the sort of uh, top points or key things that you're tracking in the rental market and, and trends and stories for 2015? Well, I think the most remarkable um, story that's come out of 2015 is the fact that um, lease, leases have continued to grow at such an exceptional rate. Um, you know, we've been we've been seeing uh, close to 20% year-over-year growth, and it's not coming off of a low level. 2014 was a huge year for condo leases as well. So I think what it's suggesting uh, is that rental demand is at it. I think it's at its it's at its highest level in about 30 years right now. Um, we'll see the total number of units leased through the MLS system uh, within the condo market probably reached somewhere around 28,000 units this year. And that's a massive number. Um, if you compare that to the number of units that are resold um, through the MLS system, um, it's about 30% higher. So there's, 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 a, there's a huge amount of demand that's being filtered into the rental market. So even though demand for resale is strong, um, it's even hotter for, 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 for rental right now. Um, so a lot of that has been driven by all the new supply that's been coming into the marketplace. So um, we're seeing completions at, at record levels, uh, above 20,000 uh, units a year. And then um, uh, the share of those units that are being uh, added to the rental market keeps, keeps going up as well. So re- even regardless of, of this supply, um, uh, demand has been able to keep pace. And in fact, over the last couple of quarters, we've seen the volume of leases um, actually growing faster than the volume of listings. So that's suggesting that the market is still quite tight. Um, uh, the average unit rents in you know just over a couple of weeks. Uh, they don't stay in the market very long. Um, but even still, you know, with the volume of supply that we see, it, it has compressed rent growth, um, and, and that's because of the volume of units that become uh, listed for rent uh, upon initial occupancy. When a new building comes up for completion, <clears throat> there's a large volume of units. Um, that are listed for rent. And so there's, there's intense competition within the building to get the units leased in a timely manner, and that keeps rents from growing. Um, so I, I think that's going to be uh, the case over the next couple of years just because we continue to see um, uh, the level of condo completions remaining high out to about 2017 or so. Um, and then I think, you know, eventually it's going to lead to modestly uh, higher uh, vacancy rates. But I, I don't see any sort of crash in the condo rental market, that's for sure. I think rental demand is going to continue to remain as high as it is. Um, and, 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 and ultimately, it's at a level that's able to absorb this record level of supply that's been coming in. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing huge growth. Yeah, it's, it's a big, big story people really need to understand. And not enough people, in my opinion, are talking about the fact that the, there's just almost exponential growth in the rental market. Um, and at the same time, the resale market is, is growing. Prices are growing. Um, what is, what do you think is driving this, uh, particularly in the rental market? Is it, is it just, um, is it just migration to the GTA more and more people moving in? Is it, uh, is it the lack of, uh, low rise 
you know, housing options and, and condos are now just the de facto housing market. Um, what sort of, what is sort of behind the numbers in your opinion? Um, I think it's a few things. I definitely think it's the migration to the core story is huge because if you look at, um, total population growth numbers and migrate immigration numbers to the GTA, um, they're not exceptionally high. And in fact, they're down from, from, from previous, uh, years highs. So that would suggest that, um, uh, a greater share of, 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 of the population is, in fact, moving into the core. The city of Toronto accounts for over 80% of all condo rental activity, so it stands to reason that uh, more and more uh, individuals are moving into, into the core um, as opposed to, you know, more suburban markets in the GTA. Um, I also think it's, it's, it's largely related to, to, to affordability and the fact that I think at least within the condo market, we've seen ownership rates peak. So, um, uh, you know, for one reason or another, I, you know, I, and, and perhaps it's a level of skepticism over owning a condo, uh, a lot more people are choosing to rent as opposed to own. And, and, and the economics, you know, to some extent do favor renting as opposed to owning. If you factor in, um, you know, mortgage payments, condo fees and property taxes, uh, in a lot of cases, it does make more sense to rent. And in fact, you know, you're able, you're able to save some cost on rent by, by renting smaller units that are being offered by investors as opposed to perhaps larger units that are being offered for resale. So I think there's an affordability angle as well. And I also I wouldn't downplay, um, really, it, I think it's, this, is, this has been continuing over the past few years, but a lot of pent-up demand that was, that was, that was accumulated during the downturn um, uh, in, in 2008, 2010, the job market for, for younger households was, was really weak for several years. And I think you saw, you know, cohabitation, people, you know, staying at, uh, with their parents longer. And now um, the job market uh, for younger uh, individuals is starting to improve, um, you know, despite the weakness that we hear in the job market emanating, emanating out of the West, uh, the GTA continues to see very stable job increases. And a lot of that has been focused on um, younger households. So we're starting to see more household formation occur. And a lot of that is single, single individuals, younger individuals who are moving out on their own for the first time. And their first step into the market has been renting as opposed to owning. You know, they want to live in the core. Um, I think in some cases there's, there's a sense of hesitation about owning a condo. Um, so they want to try it out. They want to live in a, in, in, in a unit for a while and rent it out. And then, um, and then uh, eventually I think this will help um, uh, the resale market for condos in the years to come. I guess ultimately low ownership rates um, and high price appreciation rates is is a good thing for investors uh, where, you know, the the future, I guess you could say, of the city is looking more and more like uh, New York City or something to that effect where the vast majority of, of people are renting just because ownership is just not even in a possibility. Yeah, and I think this comes with with any sort of city that's seen um, population densities rise to the to the extent that we have in Toronto, and this is you know this is reflected in the fact that we that we see single family home prices grow by double digits, and uh, and the fact that we see a greater share of the population choosing to rent as opposed to own. It becomes sort of a, a more natural occurrence as a city becomes uh, as large as Toronto has and has grown up uh, as quickly as Toronto has. Um, so, you, you know, it, it's not just younger individuals that are choosing to rent. I think there's a greater pool of longer-term renters as well. Um, 
that are staying in the market and renting for, for, for a longer period of time than, say, you know, previous generations who would rent for a short period of time and then eventually move into the ownership market. Certainly that, that transition, I think, is, has been delayed, and, uh, and renters are, are, are staying in the market for longer periods of time. And, and that's actually been reflected in lower rates of, uh, of rental turnover in, uh, in the existing stock of, uh, of rentals. Interesting. Uh, lower turnover is you have statistics on that or is that anecdotal or? Yeah, no, we've been tracking, uh, well, we've been tracking turnover rates in the condo market. So after, after a building has been in existence after a year, you know, the percentage of units that get turned over after that initial uh, lease up period. And in fact, it's been coming down. So, um, the turnover rate in, in the condo market right now is about 20%. A couple of years ago, it was something around 25%. So, you know, uh, if um, you know people are, are renting for a year and then moving on, they're, they're staying right. in units for longer periods of time. Yeah, interesting. That's all again part of the story of uh, what seems to be happening of people renting, more people renting and renting for longer and longer, and, and delaying that ownership decision. Um, what uh, you track different submarkets? Uh, you said overall rent prices are fairly flat, but always curious to hear like what submarkets are you seeing maybe there's ones that surprised you where are you seeing the most growth in um, in rental prices from your from your latest data yeah so so headline rents uh, on a per square foot basis are rising by about one percent one and a half percent or so and then if you take a look at same sample rents so um, units that are common to today and and a year ago um, they're growing s- slightly slower, so about half a percent or so. So it, it has been quite flat. But when you do break down the market into its sub uh, sub neighborhoods, you do see that some are outperforming. Um, same sample rent growth in areas, uh, mostly in the in the east end of the city, are, are outperforming. So kind of like the East Bloor neighborhood, um, uh, even even Yorkville, um, the downtown East markets. These are areas that haven't seen. Um, the infusion of supply that some of the other submarkets have. So they haven't been as popular um, new condo markets as, say, the downtown west and, and sort of the south core markets that have seen a lot of construction in recent years and a lot of new buildings come to completion and, in turn, a lot of new rentals coming into the marketplace. Um, so the, the supply has been, has been relatively more restrictive in these markets and it's allowed rents to grow at a faster pace. And I think even looking forward in terms of uh, the scheduled completions for these markets, it still seems to support um, stable rents in, in these areas that haven't seen, at least on a relative basis, as much construction as, say, some of the, the higher volume condo construction markets in the core. Yeah, interesting. So it's always good as investors to look for these pockets where you don't have as much supply in the pipeline. Um, and, and that's where you would see the growth. Um, should, uh, a question I often get asked is, is around the institutional investors entering into the rental market. I know you guys do a lot of work in that area now as well, uh, tracking the institutional rental market. Should should individual condo investors be concerned or worried about the fact that institutions are now really getting into the rental market in a big way and, and they're building uh, entire buildings that are rental buildings, which is a new phenomenon we, hadn't, we haven't really seen in the last uh, 20 or 30 years, really. Um, should individual investors be worried from, from a perspective of, um, again, of supply, just uh, having to compete with 
these large institutions for tenants down the road. Is this, should this be a concern? No, I don't think so. And I think the, the, the movement towards more purpose-built rental development is still very much in its early days. You know, the growth that we're reporting in purpose-built rental construction is coming off of a very low base. Um, so we have, uh, I think, just over 6,000 units or so uh, in purpose-built rental projects that are under construction. And that is a 25-year high, but it's also um, uh, coming off a very depressed level. So there, there's, there's really been a lack of purpose-built rental development over the past three decades in Toronto. So we're starting to see more interest in that segment, um, but it's certainly not overtaking um, condo development. And in fact, there's still eight times as many condo units under construction as there are rental uh, projects. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways... Um, uh, the units that are being constructed for purpose-built, um, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're sort of different than what's being offered in the condo rental market as well. In a lot of cases, they're, they're, they're higher end, um, they're larger units, um, they're more expensive. Um, you know, a, a lot of them aren't really located in the core. Um, you know, there, there's been some, but, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, looking forward, you know, these, these these projects are going to be entering into the market in a few years' time when there's not as much new condo supply coming to completion as well. Um, you sort of have to take a look at the fact that there hasn't been nearly as many new projects launched for, for, for condominium projects over the past few years. So, you know, in, in five years' time, four years' time, there's not going to be as many completions as well. So, these rental units that are dedicated uh, purpose-built are going to be completing at a time when there's not as much new condo construction coming into the market as well. So right. the overall impact on rents and vacancy rates, I think, is going to be quite limited. Um, it, it, you know, it is mostly larger institutions and bigger developers that are getting into the purpose-built game. Um, in a lot of cases, it's very difficult to make the numbers work. Um, it's still the economics are still quite fragile. So it isn't going to be um, a huge shift away from condo development towards purpose-built rental. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's an emerging trend, but coming off of almost zero development in recent years. In the end, if, 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 if we're selling 20,000 new condos a year and we're building 20,000 new condos a year, there isn't a lot of room for purpose-built rental development to continue to grow um, because if it does, it's going, to, it's going to tip the scale and there's going to be some repercussions because it's going to end up you know, offering too much supply to the market. Right, right. So it's, it's just not going to be attractive and, investor, and investment and institutions will just, they'll just back off and, and put their money elsewhere. Interesting. Um, Sean, anything else? It's been great chatting with you. Anything else uh, that you'd like to add about what's happening, you're seeing in the market or any other interesting um, uh, uh, trends or anything that you are seeing in the market that we didn't discuss today? Um, you know, uh, I, I think um, a, a lot of people are still uh, somewhat worried about um, what's going to happen to the market um, in the next couple of years as, you know, we're going to continue to see the, the, the record levels of, of condo units that are under construction come to completion. And we've been sort of running some numbers around um, uh, you know what, what these units that are that are going to be coming to completion um, are going to do to the marketplace, and you know we're expecting that there could be 25,000 units next year that, that come to completion. Um, we had about 21,000. We're going to have about 21,000 this year, and that was a record high. So we're we're going to be you know building off of a record high to even even an even higher record high next year. But if you take a look at these units, 
they're 87 percent pre-sold um they, they, they equal about 3,000 unsold units, but there's still quite a bit of time left before these come to completion um, to be able to hit that 95% absorption rate. So I don't think there's going to be very much unsold, unsold inventory coming out of the units that are under construction right now. You also have to consider the fact that most of these units were bought several years ago at prices that are considerably lower than what they're, what they're offered at today. The average pre-sale price for a unit that's under construction right now um, uh, that's going to be con- going to be coming to completion la- uh, next year is, is is less than $500 a square foot. So if you compare that to the average resale price for units that are that are that are in the market right now and have been completed over the past couple of years, um, that's about that's close to $100 or so uh, less per square foot. So there's still quite a bit of appreciation room there um, for the units that are going to be coming to completion. And then if you think about what the holding cost would be on these units. Um, with a 25% down payment, um, and you factor even even just slightly higher interest rates than there are today, and 25-year amortization, the, the holding cost is pretty much equal to what the going rent is for new units as well. So, right. you know, there, there's not a lot of I don't see there's a lot of risk in the market next year from rising interest rates. At least if it happens at sort of an inc- incremental level, um, you know, there, there's 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 built-in capital uh, appreciation that the investor has. There's an incentive to continue to hold. Resale prices are, are continuing to move up, and the holding cost is still manageable. So, to me, I, I don't see a lot of risk in 2016. Um, but again, you know, that's 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 largely dependent on only modest or slight increases in interest rates. If for whatever reason interest rates rose a lot higher than expected, we could be ex- experiencing something different, or perhaps there's a sudden downturn in demand. But I think, you know, as we look towards 2016, I think it's going to be pretty much status quo. I, I don't see a lot of change in the market um, uh, based on the trends that we're seeing as we enter into 2016. Great. Sean, thank you so much for your time again today. really appreciate it. And um, if you want to learn more about uh, yourself and Urban Nation, what's the best place for them to go? Check out the website. It's www.urbanation.ca. Um, uh, my contact information is on there. Um, it outlines the, the, the reports that we offer through our subscriptions and our online database that tracks new construction condos, the rental condo market, uh, anything that's proposed for development, and then obviously the resale market as well. We have complete coverage of every building uh, across the GTA. Uh, so check it out if you want to learn more. and, and, and um, and send me an email or, or give me a call. All my contact information is on the web. Great. And uh, definitely you guys have a fantastic Twitter feed, which is very active. You're always updating great tidbits and information about the market on, on your Twitter feed. I'll include a link to that as well. Sean, thanks again for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.